of the Pew Bibles is, uh, uh, is the book of Philemon. You're not going to find page 1000 because it's the title page, uh, but it, so it's right after 999. Um, but uh, we are going through Philemon right now, uh, and, uh, um, and what it tells us about forgiveness. In the, so today, in the book of Philemon, it's only 25 verses long, but I'm going to read just a few of those verses, starting with verse, uh, verses 5 through 7. It says, because I hear, I'm going to go 4 to 4, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus for, and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. And then uh, going to, to verse uh, 19 through 20, it says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand, I will repay it to say nothing of you owing, even, owing me even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. You might have heard of this uh, common parable. It's one of my favorites, modern parables, uh, about the, uh, the husband and wife, and they are uh, making uh, Christmas dinner for uh, um, the parents who are all coming over for, for dinner. And um, as they're making the roast, the wife cuts the ends off the roast and puts them into the pan and uh, and the, the husband says, you always do that. That's the best part of the roast. Why do you throw that part away? And she said, that's how my mom always did it. And, and it's always worked out really well. And he says, well, they're coming over this time. So we're going to ask him. And so he asks at dinner, why, why, did, why do you always cut off the ends of the roast? I really like that part. And, and, uh, and mom says, my pan that fit in my tiny little oven it was only so big. We do a lot of things, right, um, because we've always done them that way or because we think that's the way to do them, and we really don't know uh, why uh, we do those. And um, how many of you grew up with the phrase, like I did, forgive and forget? Seen some nods? One's heard that? We, all, we take that almost as, as truth. And uh, Ben read today uh, read from uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, and uh, in verse 30, uh, Jeremiah 31, 34, says, your sins I will remember no more. So that seems to sort of back that up, and we can go through Scripture a bit and find some things that make us think, maybe forgive and forget is, uh, is uh, uh, biblical. Uh, but I've, I'm going to challenge that today, and, uh, and some of you may disagree uh, as I'm speaking, and some of you may, you may disagree afterwards, and, and we need to discuss this, but, but we've been really working on this forgive, uh, forgiveness, and um, I always say that when we come to places, and there is some disagreement uh, in, in this, when we come to any sort of disagreement, if we're going to have a productive uh, talk about it, we need to start with an area of agreement. So, for an area of agreement, if you turn over your bulletins, our memory verses on there, you may already have been working on this, but we're doing Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. And it says, put on then as God's chosen people, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, uh, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also 
must forgive. But later in Colossians, in verse 17, we read, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I'd like to use that as our common point of, of departure, I guess, on, on, this, uh, on this discussion. Uh, that, that along with, you know, like verses like 1 Corinthians 5, 7, or I'm sorry, 1031, it says, uh, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. And so as we talk about whether we can forgive and forget, whether that's biblical, let's agree that if we're going to forgive, let's forgive as the Lord forgives. And if we're going to forget, let's, let's forget or remember as the Lord forgets or remembers. But whatever we do, that we do it for the glory of God. Whatever we do, whether we eat, whether we drink, whether we forgive, forget, remember that everything is done in thankfulness to God our Father. And we do that, that we forgive, we forget, we remember only for the glory of God. So if we forgive, we shouldn't forgive for ourselves. You know, a common uh, um, world's wisdom says, forgive because you're just, you're just helping yourself if you forgive. That's not why we forgive. And we don't even forgive to help the other person. We forgive for the glory of God. And if we, if we forget or we remember, we don't do that again to help ourselves or to help other people. We do it for the glory of God. So whatever we do, we do for the glory of God. And then also, that in, when we come to forgiveness, for uh, Colossians 3.13, that, that last part, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. So, so also you must forgive. So we're, we're going to forgive as the Lord forgives. That's our, that's our goal. So this is where I think we're going to come to a challenge because if we are to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us, are we also to forget? And again, we, we read in, uh, in Jeremiah 31, says, I, your sins I will remember no more. In Isaiah 43, 25, it says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my sake, and I will not remember your sins. It says, for I will, uh, in, in Hebrews, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. And so we might say, if I'm to forgive as the Lord forgives, then I should also forget those sins. But here's the problem. God doesn't forget. And you may say, but wait a second. Didn't you just say that God said, I will not remember your sins? And yep, I said that. But didn't you just say that God doesn't forget? Yep, I said that too. So forgetting and not remembering are not the same thing. And stay with me because that's a hard thing to get our heads around because of the way that we've, we've been brought up again. But so remember, if we go into uh, the, the, uh, the English, the different dictionaries and stuff, remember means to, uh, to bring to mind, to think upon, to, to dwell upon, to bring to mind specifically for action or consideration. Um, th that's, that's the English meaning. And in the, uh, in the Greek and the Hebrew, the, the word that is translated as remember is, is really the, the same thing. It's a pretty accurate uh, uh, translation or comparison to the English translation. Remembering requires uh, volition, willpower. You have to, you have to desire to, to remember in, in, in that, that use of the word. There are a number of times where this, this word is used throughout the Bible. Uh, and it's in the Old and New Testaments of God and people making the conscious decision to remember or not to remember. 
So in addition to the not remembering of sins, we see that God does remember his covenants. He does remember his people. He does even remember the iniquity of those who were in rebellion against him. We also see in, in, like in Deuteronomy 8 that he commands his people to remember him. And he, he commands his people later to remember his covenants, his commands, and his faithfulness. And we have examples throughout the Bible of people both remembering and failing to remember those things. Now, the word forget is not the opposite of remember. Instead, it means to lose that remembrance, intentionally or not, to be unable to remember or recall. And again, in the, in the Hebrew, in the Greek words that are used uh, in our Bible that we translate as, as forget, uh, that's a pretty accurate uh, uh, definition. There are many, many examples of God's people forgetting God. Right? They, they forget Him, they forget His covenant, they forget His commands and His faithfulness. Uh, there are even times when we are commanded to forget you know, Isaiah 43 and, and, uh, and, and Philippians 3 both tell us to forget what lies behind so that we can focus on what God is doing. There are absolutely no examples throughout the Bible of God forgetting anything. The, the word is used about 150 times or over 150 times, and it never says that God forgets. So this may seem like I'm splitting hairs, uh, but... I'm saying that there is a distinct dif uh, difference between the truth that God promises not to remember our sins and the misunderstanding that means he forgets them. And again, I know this can be tough. It's been really tough as I've been, as I've been diving deeply into this. But so let's discover a little bit about why there's a difference. So it starts off by God knows everything past and present. When we say God is omniscient, that's what we mean. God knows everything about everything. We know that God doesn't forget because that would mean he doesn't know something. And that's not true. He knows absolutely everything about everything. In, uh, in Isaiah 46, it says, For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know from where I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, you know it altogether. So he knows things about that we don't, and he knows things that we will never know while we're on this earth. Uh, and Job, he, uh, Job is asked, do you know the balancing of the clouds? Uh, the wondrous works of him who is perfect in knowledge, you whose garments are hot when the earth is still because of the south wind. He knows everything about us, what we have done and what we have not done, and what we still will do or not do in the future. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That's Hebrews 4.13. He knows things that we hold against ourselves that we won't tell anyone else. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. And certainly, certainly he knows what our sins are. Oh God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Psalm 65 or 69. Now some answer that, to that that God is omniscient, that he knows everything, but he chooses 
to forget. In the cases of, of sins that are forgiven, he just chooses to forget those sins. And again, that sounds good, but it's not present in the Bible. You can't find anywhere that it says that. Again, over 150 times where, where the word forget is used in both Greek and Hebrew, and it never says God for, forgets. The only time it comes close is the psalmist saying, God, how long will you forget our, uh, your people? But if you look in the context, it's obvious that God never did. Some would point to the fact that, that there are times where God remembers. And they say, well, if God remembers, he must have forgotten. They say, you know, God remembers Noah. He remembers Rachel. He remembers Abraham. He, he, he remembers uh, 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 his covenant. Um, but that's not because God somehow forgot who Noah was. It's, it's saying that God chose that time to bring Noah to his mind. He chose that time to bring Rachel up for special consideration. He, he chose that time to to bring the covenant up for, for consideration or for action. We appoint them for special attention, whether it was salvation from floods, protection from judgment, uh, conception of a child, or fulfillment of a promise. God's remembering does not mean that he forgot. He does not forget his promises. He does not forget the sins of the saved or the unsaved. To the Pharisees, he says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. And it's not just the unbelievers. It says, in, it, Paul says to the uh, church in Corinth, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether for good or for evil. And to the church in Rome, he says, for we will all stand in the, before the judgment seat of God, for as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. The account we give is for the deeds we have done in this life. The very end of your Bible, in Revelation 20, it's on page 1040 in the Pew Bibles. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, is, is the uh, judgment before the, the great white throne, is how it's titled. Verse 11 starts, Then I saw a great white throne in him who is seated on it, from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead, and all that were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them according to what they had done. Then the death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There is a judgment, even of believers. We are told that all of our deeds are written in books, whether metaphorical or physical. Uh, but on these deeds, we will be judged. Not as to our salvation. Right? It, that depends on whether our, our names are written in the book of life. But as to loss or reward. If you go back to page 953 up in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. It's talking about the foundation of, uh, 
of Jesus Christ. And, and Paul says, Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. God doesn't forget our sins. He, they are written down. Our works are all written down, and we won't be able to deny them. But in his perfect and limitless mercy, he, he, he says that he will burn those sins up on the day of judgment while keeping his promise of saving us through the redemption found in his son. So though he does not forget our sins, he chooses not to remember them not to take action on them, not to look at us as, uh, through the lens of our sins. The reason we can be assured of our salvation despite our sin is not because God forgets them, it's because he chooses not to remember them. If you were here last Sunday and I, I was talking about burying the hatchet, it's not that he buries the hatchet and forgets where it is, he buries the hatchet and makes the conscious decision not ever to uncover it, to live in peace with us. That's even better than him forgetting our sins. He doesn't forget that we sin, then stumble upon, remember, and act upon it. He chooses not to remember our sins. The angel said to them, remember from the Christmas story, right? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. And that good news is glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. He has chosen to live in peace with us, not to forget our sins, but not to remember them. Glory be to the God who chooses not to remember our sins and to hold them against us, but instead chooses to declare peace with us. Yet there is a way that God does remember our sins and calls us to do the same. It's not a remembrance, though, for our detriment. It's a remembrance for his glory. In, uh, in, in Ephesians, going forward a little bit, it's page 976. Ephesians uh, chapter 2, what Ben read today. It starts with, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Paul's, Paul's reminding you of your sins. If you, were, if, if you had forgotten them, you wouldn't be able to remember. But he's saying, remember where you came from, right? And then down to the bottom, Verse 7, it says, So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. There is a way to remember our sins, and that's to remember where we came from so we can give glory to God for what he has done. As Jeff used to say, I'm not where I want to be, but praise to God that I'm a lot further than I used to be, right? or a lot further from where I used to be. There is a purpose. It's to give glory to to God. In Galatians, we, we read another way in which God is, is glorified by the, the, the recall of sin. They're talking about Paul, and he says, they were only hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. It brings glory to God where they say, this is Paul. He used to be the one that was killing the Christians, and now he's preaching their message. It shows how far he's come. It gives witness to the struggle, and it gives witness to the grace of God. There are evidence of how far we have gone, how far we have traveled, and Jesus' redemptive work. 
his forgiveness of sins, right? his, his cleansing of us from all unrighteousness, like it says in 1 John 1.9. That brings glory to God. So if we are to forgive as the Lord forgives, and we must not forget the other person's sins unless we, instead, we need to choose not to remember that person's sins. So we would only bring them to mind in a way that glorifies God by proclaiming what God has done. Right? So we are to forgive as God forgives and remember as God remembers all for God's glory. So forgive as, as, Paul, as God forgives. Paul writes to Philemon, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of you owing me even yourself. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you. Refresh my heart in Christ. The benefit Paul wants is for Philemon to forgive Onesimus, to accept his return, not as a bondservant, but as a brother, not uh, in his former status, but in his new one. A full forgiveness, just like God's forgiveness is full. As the Lord forgives, so you also must forgive. So we forgive as God forgives, and then we remember as God remembers. Paul expects that Philemon has not forgotten his own past. He, he says, he asked him to remember specifically how he owes Paul his own self. We assume through the writing that he owes Paul his salvation, that Paul was the one who, who preached the gospel to him. And so he's, he's calling him to remember how far he was in, in, in the debt that he owes what he has been forgiven. So he's asking Philemon to remember. Again, remember as God remembers, not to condemn Philemon, but to bring God's glory to further forgiveness. Remember that, that we in our, in our holiness are separated from the holy king of all creation and that we are powerless to pay the price of our sins through our own efforts, but that the only way of redemption is through Christ to God, through, through God's unmerited grace that he gave through the sacrifice of his son. Later in Ephesians 2, again, Ben read, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that none may boast. Forgive as God forgives. Remember as God remembers, and do all for the glory of God. The world says, again, that we should forgive to help ourselves. Scripture says that we forgive because we have been forgiven and because our obedience brings glory to God. Again, Philemon 5. Because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Again, back to last, uh, to verse 20. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Forgive as the Lord forgives, not for your own glory, not to, to be thought of as, and that person's really good at forgiving, not because it, it helps you somehow, not because it helps the other person. 
Forgive as the Lord forgive, because it brings glory to God. When we forgive, people are refreshed in Christ. People say, what is up? How can that person forgive that person for that? We say, through Christ. Not, it's not something I could do. It's what God has done. And I, I'm just reacting to that. I'm responding to that. And that brings glory not to us, but to God. Again, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then if you'll, again, if you'll turn over uh, or either go to your Bibles, Colossians uh, chapter 3, or on the backside of, of, your, um, of your bulletin, it's our memory verse, and we can uh, say this together. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Amen. Let's pray as we get ready for communion. Lord, thank you for offering us your forgiveness. Thank you for forgiving what we might think is unforgivable, uh, for continuing to forgive us. Lord, turn our hearts away from our pursuits and toward you. Help us to forgive as you have forgiven us. Help us to remember only as you would remember and to forget only as as you would have us forget. But whatever we do, whatever we say, uh, whatever we do, however we forgive, however we remember, may we only do that to your glory. We pray this all in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.